Wow. Living word. Luke chapter 19 at verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. He sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. He ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. In God's time clock. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. In the time clock of God, he came robed in flesh to the earth he created. His presence filled. And at a certain time in his life, 30 years of age, he begins to minister in a way that he has not yet. He is walking among them. He is speaking to them. He's going to do the miraculous. And he comes down a path where there was a massive group of people. And all at once, if you were watching him, he tipped his head. Probably couldn't hear because of the press. But in his soft-spoken way, Zacchaeus. Me? You know my name? Would you come on down? I'm going to your house today. Now, you let the Holy Ghost arrest you right now. An appointment in time. He looked ahead. He knew. He knew where on the road, on the path, in the crowd of the teeming, however many. Vance Weaver. He saw you in the tree, Vance. We're on that street corner. 
for today I must abide at thy house. You better call ahead and make sure the missus cleans everything up. Put something in the oven. <laughs> the man, Christ Jesus, is coming to a person's home. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when he saw, when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. What do you do when he comes knocking at your door? Uh, we, we, we were just on our way out. Can you come back and reschedule? We had already had plans. This isn't a convenient season. We, uh, we're not doing well right now, matter of fact. We were just quarreling. <laughs> just bought some land. Got a... Do something, plow it. Bought an ox, got to prove it. Got all these things. This day. It's been on the calendar. In my book, all this time. Your house. Your house. Whoops. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. As they heard these things, he added and spake a parable, which I don't have time to read. So I'm skipping down to verse 28. When he had thus spoken, he went before, ascending up to Jerusalem. It came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village over against you, in the which at the entering you find a colt tied, wherein yet Never man sat. Loose him and bring him thither. Hither. If any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them. As they were loosing the colt, 
The owners thereof said unto him, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. They brought him to Jesus. They cast their garments upon the colt. They set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice. If you look over at the Mount of Olives from Jerusalem, the city, there's a narrow road that comes down into the Kidron Valley and then it climbs back up to the gates of the city. And so this procession begins and He's on a colt, and as he's being led, they're, they're taking off their, their coats, and they're laying them. And some are taking and ripping off palm branches, and they're laying them down in the road. And I, I don't know altogether that they understand why they're doing what they're doing, but there is a, a compelling that comes upon them. And they begin to lift up their, their voices. They give way to... Uh, a power that has filled the air and come upon him. Verse 38, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, Rebuke thy disciples. He answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. This was a moment in time. In the time clock of God, engraved in his calendar, that this was the moment. And the, the nature itself, the Bible says, if humanity did not respond, nature itself would begin to shake and quake and the rocks would begin to cry out. It was a moment in time And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side. They shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because 
Thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. In his time clock, it was calendared the moment when he would step upon that colt and begin to ride down into the Kidron Valley, up the other side, and then approaching the streets of Jerusalem because he had appointed a visitation of God to come to Jerusalem. And there were many that did not recognize it. I can remember the story as my wife has shared. A season of time when their family was godless and even those that at one time had bowed their knee and had filled, been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost but because of choices and decisions had moved in a direction away from that experience. But down through the ages, down through time, there was a mother that fell ill, fell ill with cancer, battled it for two years. But in the process of that time, as God revisited the family, first one, then another, then by two, then another, and then cousins, and then aunts, and then uncles begin to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they, they reached out to another, and another cousin, and another child, and one after the other, after the other, down through 50 or so individuals in her family, because they recognized this is our time. This is our hour. This is the visitation of God. We've got to respond because he would have passed by. More than 30 years ago now, I, ex I experienced a visitation of God to my life. I was a believer. Now I may have been steeped in tradition. But I was a believer. I knew the doctrine. And I had obeyed the doctrine. And I was faithful. But God wanted to visit me in a way. That I had not experienced. And I had to make a choice. Either recognize that this is my hour of visitation, or yea, this would pass on. This would pass by. And many things that I have now seen and observed and experienced, I would have never experienced. My family would have never experienced. Those under my ministry would never have experienced. It was an hour of visitation from God. He's eternal. His depths are endless. 
the places he wants to take us. In him, the deep things of the Holy Ghost, according to his word. We don't know the depths of God that he would like to take us. But we have got to recognize our hour, our day of visitation. And the ways that he would come to us that may be different than at other times. The Escobar shared a story with me about a nephew that was shot. I have known that they have extended family here and, and other people that they have been connected through through the years. And, and of course, they're not always happy when the Escobar show up. <clears throat> and they verbalize it. They talk about God everywhere they go. But they said the phone rang after the shots were fired. Call and ask for prayer. Now, if I was in that family right now, I'd be tuning my spiritual ear to him to know and to recognize this is an hour of visitation. And he will come to families this way. I remember picking up Yvonne Horseman out on a Tanham road. Her and her little daughter and son. No, maybe it was just the son. And then she got baptized and received the Holy Ghost. And pretty soon Drusilla come along. And then Gilda come along. And then... Theo came along, and one after the other, sister after sister, mothers, kids, parents, they all came to God. There was 50 of them. I remember a Bible study in the house with 50 people. It was an hour of visitation. And we observe God through various times when he will begin to work in a family through one individual. Then two, then three, then five, then, then ten. And we can't miss it. When, when we have a place and a role in the lives of individuals that God all of a sudden begins to move in a way that he hasn't before or they've not responded and they begin to respond. We have to see this. We have to recognize it. It's an imperative. Because sometimes we just play the role of a midwife. We need to, we need to recognize our hour of visitation. The circumstances that change in our life. So that he can come to us in a way. Don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss it. We don't know what's ahead. Let's pray. Help me to play my part, Lord. Help me to do my part, Lord. Help me to be cooperative with you, Father. Your will, your way, your, your purpose, what you're trying to accomplish in this hour.
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We must be about our Father's business. We must be about our Father's business. It's one thing to recognize when God begins to visit us in a way. His way. Drawing us to a deeper place. A greater recognition of Him and His hand. But then it's another thing to recognize it and see it and discern it on the lives of other individuals. And obedient to the call. Willing. And sometimes sacrificially. Willing. Vanessa, just stand up and put your hands in the sky. Come on, we're praying with you. Come on. Come on, pray out loud. Come on, out loud. In the name of Jesus. Come on, yield to his expression. It's all over you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we're just going to midwife with you right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, Father. Glory to your name, Father. Sometimes as we walk in his kingdom, there are, there are opportunities of engagement. And then there are distractions. And we only have so much time. So it's imperative we discern the distractions. And become unavailable to the distraction. So that we can be available to that place where God would have us to be engaged where he is bringing a visitation so many times it's it's a sphere of influence whether it's family friends co-workers that God will begin to move in a great way in a in a sphere of influence that an individual will have 
we were discussing earlier jobs, opportunities, transitions. I can remember a time when I wanted to get out of a job. I wanted to get away from a company. And I interviewed with three other companies, and they all said, yes, you're the guy. Call you next week. Never, and we, next week never came. Or the call never came. The week came. <laughs> the call never came. And I began to wonder, what is this deal? I, I, I believe that guy. I, I'm pretty sure he's really good at what he was doing. And so here's what I had to resolve. God didn't want me to leave. There were circumstances there. There was a witness he wanted present there. You understand, this isn't about paychecks or unemployment. I had been selling paletas. Man, were they good. We had manufactured them, but somebody burnt down our manufacturing plant, and we ended up shipping them up from Los Angeles. And so we were operating this business, and we had sold some businesses in order to go start a work in Sunnyside. And we had gone down there, and uh, while the, the weather was warm, I could make hay while the sun shined. Sold lots of paletas. But the day the cold weather hit, and so going into a winter season, I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I mean, I got to do something. I got to come up with a you know, way to support us. And some, I had learned of an opportunity of a, a guy was repairing dents in cars. And I said, if I'll just, I can buy the tools on a credit card. And then he can train me. And we'll be fine. I couldn't learn it to save my life. I did one car that was owned by a dealership. Uh, in Sunnyside, see spec motors and about ruined the door. I had to call Lanny, say, come fix this thing. And I thought, ah, I, I, I lost my nerve. I can't do this. I can't do this. And so we got through the winter somehow. And the next year rolled around, same thing. While it was hot, made good money. And then we went into wintertime. And there was no work. My wife started laying the newspaper in front of me. What are you going to do today? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? We got bills to pay. We got a, here's the newspaper, one ads. What are you going to do? Nothing. I'm not doing what I did last year. He either knows where we are or he doesn't. We're going to find out. At some point, I don't know whether we heard about something or I just felt to call and contact my uncle. I contacted my uncle. He said, I'm building pole buildings. If you want to come to work. He knew I had some construction background. So I go to work. Now listen to me when I say this. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And there are times that he will ask us to walk through something. It's not about us. It's not for our benefit or our loss. 
It's about placement. So I go to work for my uncle. He has me working with this uh, gentleman from California. Won't hold that against him. He had a long ponytail down his back. Nice guy, good carpenter. And so we start working together, just him and I. Well, what's there to talk about? The Lord, the Bible. And so whenever and wherever, <clears throat> I would speak and I'd communicate. And I knew the Lord was trying to reach him. And that went on for three months. We were working on a building, a 100-foot truck shed on Mead. And we were getting close to finishing it within a week. We were up on a man lift about as high as that roof. And I was lowering it. <clears throat> he was on the man lift with me. And I got halfway down and I threw the lever. I turned around and said... Jesus came into Jerusalem and wept because they didn't recognize their hour of visitation. And then I turned around and threw the lever and went down. I never said another word to him. In a week, I was gone. You see, that situation with my job, with work, and what I would be doing... It really had nothing to do with me or keeping me. He can save me. He can send ravens. He can do all those things. We survived. We got through it, and we moved on. But that man had a time and a day of visitation. And it's that important to God that we come to a place of becoming selfless in ourselves to the degree that he can use us and put us in front of and position us to play a role in people's hour and day of visitation. Hey Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. How many of you noticed, be honest, how many of you noticed that we didn't start the service with prayer like we normally do? Most of us probably did. Some of you probably didn't. Some of you were chasing kids. Some of you were, I don't know, texting. I don't know. I didn't. That wasn't my choice. I just felt the Lord had said, no, let's go into this. <coughs> and then when Bishop had stopped and asked us to pray that that was the first time that collectively we had prayed at all now we're going to do it again and uh, I'm going to just I'm going to invite you to find a place to pray I know that there's a spirit of ministry that's go going out tonight the Lord's trying to get some things done he's trying to get some things through to some of us and he's trying to get some things done through others of us. But we need to tap into it, recognize it, let the Lord do it. 
Amen. I'm going to ask my wife if she would come and play. If you need to come to the front, if you need to step out of your seat, if you need to kneel at your seat, I'm going to ask you to find a place and tap into what the Lord's doing here. Amen.